When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the On the Pony Express podcast. Part of the On 3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. One, two, three. Where do we go? Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening or watching. We've got a lot to get to. SMU's ACC basketball opponents were revealed, and we're almost through week one of SMU spring football. We'll touch on that, the early takeaways, as the Mustangs are back on on the practice field, and they'll be back on it Saturday, if you're listening to this. Uh, We're recording on Friday, but first, guys, we are presented by StatusJet. StatusJet.com. Head over there to see what David Henry and his team have to offer in an elite way to fly in the charter jet experience. They can get you from point A to point B with that personal touch in every aspect of your travel that you would expect from a private jet experience. You can look at their options that they have for you there or give them a call 866-696-7773 to get more information on what they can offer you, whether it's big planes, small planes, helicopters, or if you're interested in buying or selling an aircraft, they can get that information over to you guys quickly. Whether you're in a jam with your current travel plans or just looking to plan one of those incredible experiences, David Henry and his team can do that for you. Use code PONYUPACC or mention on the Pony Express for a discount on your round trip travel. Get some friends together, get some family, and experience what makes Status Jet, the partner for On the Pony Express with our podcast. And also, they are proud supporters of SMU Athletics. So support David Henry and his team over there at Status Jet. Let's lead off with SMU football practice. The Mustangs are back onto the practice field, and they were out there Tuesday and Thursday in shorts, jerseys, helmets, really not doing too much as far as physicality goes. But you can tell this is a veteran team and a team that is going into year three under Rhett Lashley, that was something that he mentioned on the first day when we spoke with him, that you're not necessarily teaching guys as much how to practice or where to go or who to listen to, where to be. You are dealing with a team that has been under Rhett Lashley's guidance along with his staff for a while now, a team that is coming off an AAC championship and very confident in how they go about their business. So We'll have some takeaways for you on this podcast when it comes to the early news and notes uh, to follow on the Mustangs, and hope you guys enjoy that. If you haven't been at ontheponyexpress.com, we've had practice reports. We've also been updating you guys on recruiting as well. Subscribe for just a dollar for your first two months using code SMU1. That's SMU, the number one. We are at an all-time high of subscribers. Myself, Kevin Lonquist, Jordan Hoffeditz, covering the Mustangs. Unlike anyone else out there, not to pump our tires too, too much, but 
we've got a lot there for you guys if you guys are looking for coverage of the Mustang. So give us a try. Get covered all the way through spring practice with that code and deal that we've got at OnThePonyExpress.com. Let's lead off with just kind of an early couple of thoughts here on the team as a whole, and then we'll kind of dive into position by position here. SMU has a football team that is still in the making of being built into what Rhett Lashley and his staff want it to be for the 2024 season. Don't get me wrong. But they also have a lot of players that are stepping up into new roles or taking bigger leaps this spring, which we'll mention. But I do want to say just physically, I feel like we've seen some guys take some steps forward. Ahmad Moses at safety looks noticeably bigger. Jordan Hudson looks like a grown man out there. You've got players on the defensive line all standing out with their size and athleticism. And I'll say this, if there's a position that is going through the most shuffling, it's probably the offensive line. You lost Marcus Bryant, Branson Hickman, Hyron White. Logan Parr is out for the spring recovering from an injury, as is Ben Sparks. So there is a lot of tinkering going on in Garen Justice's unit. And of course, we haven't seen them in pads yet. So when it comes to trying to identify who's winning the spring, who's uh, needs some more work, that is still to come as, as they'll get in full pads here very soon, especially in the next week before they go on spring break. SMU physically, though, I really like what they did with the defensive line. It's it's noticeably bigger. And we talked about that going into spring ball with our preview podcast earlier this week on the defensive side. But just watching the defensive line, the defensive tackles go through practice under Calvin Thibodeau and Sam Dunham working with the edges. This is a group that has size and is is ready for the ACC. And a reminder that they don't have Blake Burris, the Texas Tech transfer just yet, who uh, will be joining the team this summer. And he is all of 300 pounds, 6'4"-ish. So you'll add even more size. And of course, they'll still be active in the transfer portal in all likelihood at that spot. On the offensive line, they do need to add depth and talent competition to that group at the tackle position. We knew that. They've got P.J. Williams working at left tackle. They've got Savion Bird working at right tackle. They've got Justin Osborne trying his hand at center. And they have some competition with younger guys needing to step up in that group. So that's probably one of the more intriguing groups right now because it is a group that is missing some faces like Logan Parr and Ben Sparks that they'll have available in fall camp, but also they're doing some shuffling. I think watching this wide receiver group, they look a little bit more motivated to be a group that finds somebody to step up. And for whatever reason, last year, it was a large group of receivers that saw time, saw action, and saw opportunities, but we didn't see one become wide receiver one. I've seen flashes early in spring practice from some of those players that you would want to see take the next step forward. We've seen some of the younger players who did maybe redshirt last year get some time and and really kind of take advantage of a couple months in the weight room and just look noticeably bigger. So there is a lot of growth on this football team so far. We'll also break down how a lot of the transfers are faring so far. Just in two days. So, of course, you know, we're putting that depth chart in uh, Sharpie and we're we're breaking it down as if there's a game next week. But all kidding aside, this is an SMU team that is very comfortable with this coaching staff. All of the coaches, for the most part, are back. They do have De'Ara King as the new quarterbacks coach out there. And Sam Dunham has moved up into that edge role 
full-time as far as an on-field staffer getting his first opportunity to be an assistant coach. So some minor tweaks, but you can tell this is a team that is very comfortable with Rhett Lashley, what they want, and they know how to practice. So the early going of spring ball is about as expected for the most part, but also some things to talk about as we get underway with spring practice for SMU. At quarterback, Kevin Jennings has taken the lion's share of the reps, as you'd expect, especially in the team periods. And they've done a good job of rotating guys like Keldrick Luster and Tyler Aronson, who's the true freshman who enrolled in January. Preston Stone is throwing some routes on air. He's working out with trainers on the side. He hasn't been in street clothes. He hasn't been in sweats. He's been padded up and ready to go, so to speak, for this football team, which is nice. That means he's in a good spot. But when it comes to his recovery, I think Rhett Lashley and his staff are pleased with the work Preston has done to be at that stage. Might be a little ahead of schedule, but they're going to keep him on schedule because they don't need to press him back too quickly. But Kevin Jennings has looked like you would expect a guy who got serious game reps at the end of last season and has now been in the program two full years. He's somebody that I, I like what he brings to the table from the quarterback position again. You're not seeing as as much of a good look when it comes to how the offense and defense are faring because they are in shorts and jerseys. They're not necessarily able to get a good read on how the offensive line is performing in front of them. You're not getting a good read on how the run game is performing because it is just shorts and jerseys. That's the reality of it. But what you can see is, is that that quickness that Kevin Jennings operates with in a game and makes decisions with He's been able to show that as he's gotten reps in, in the team period. And I think this entire spring is about continuing to develop him. He's somebody that needs the reps at the college level, and he's done it in games. He's performed well enough for them to win an AAC championship. He's given them a chance to win a bowl game as well, but he is still a player that is still developing and he's in a good position, you know, regardless of how you want to slice it for SMU to have a very good quarterback situation in 2024. So he continues to just do what Kevin does, which is be steady and, and make throws and, and put the ball in position for receivers to make plays. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When it comes to the running back room, Jalen Knighton, LJ Johnson, Kamar Wheaton, all looking as expected, all available. Um, and I, I think all three continue to bring that different, you know, I, I think aspects of the run game. You know, Jalen Knighton is somebody that can certainly, uh, you know, make big plays, do those things, catch the ball out of the backfield. And you also have Kamar Wheaton, who has that physicality and that rare combination of when he's on, he's on. And LJ Johnson is also one who I've really been impressed with so far as well. So those three running backs are standing out. But really the talk of, of spring ball so far at that position is Brashard Smith, the Miami transfer who's going to be 
a dynamic return man for SMU. He was fourth nationally in kick return yardage last year, as far as an average goes. And I think with him, what I've been most impressed with is his size that he's got. He's not a big guy. Don't get me wrong. He's not thunder. He is very much lightning, but he does have a little bit more size. And it kind of makes sense now when they said, okay, we're going to put him at the running back spot and let him go there. He's got that ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got that ability to, you know, be a quick hitter up the middle that can pick up five, six yards. So Rhett Lashley and the staff with Kyle Cooper leading that running backs room now knows what they're doing with those backs. They have different skill sets that they can bring to the table and they still have Zane Miners as well. The four, Well, I guess he's still a walk-on, but uh, I don't know if he's on scholarship. He's being, being who we expect Zane to be, which is pretty steady back there, especially in practice. So that's a group that is very much in good shape. When it comes to the wide receivers, I think Jordan Hudson is really taking a step forward uh, when they get into their one-on-ones. He's competitive. He has refined his technique. I know he's put in a lot of work over the course of the offseason already to be that you know, wide receiver number one for SMU. He he does have that ability, that talent to be at that level, and the quarterbacks are finding him. You saw, if you're watching on YouTube, that very first play in the team period that I showed was an outstanding grab on the sideline from Jordan Hudson. And if that's the type of player that SMU is going to get in the 2024 season, it's going to be pretty special for this offense. And you'll see him here catch a little screen pass. He does, if you're watching him out there, kind of remind you of Rasheed Rice a little bit just with his size. He's definitely added weight, I feel like, with Sean Griswold in the weight room as well. So a really outstanding wide receiver prospect that SMU has there as they get into uh, their their entire uh, offseason. He'll continue to develop and, and do some good things out there. And for SMU to be, I think, the offense they – they need to be in 2024. You need a guy like Jordan Hudson to step up. And so far, he's really impressed. As you saw, he almost took me out there on the sidelines. But I think for me, watching him has been kind of how I've expected him to be when it comes to taking the next step as a wide receiver. That's what I wanted and expected to see out of him in, in spring practice. But the rest of the group is still developing as well and, and making some plays. Moochie Dixon had a highlight reel grab over a cornerback in practice on two or on Thursday, I should say. That was really impressive, very smooth. Remember, he was hurt kind of half the first half of the year with a broken finger, which you know, kind of made it hard for him to obviously catch the ball at a consistent level. He had a bad drop in the bowl game, but he's got, I think, the right stuff to be a reliable receiver. Keyshawn Smith probably had one of the best practices that I've seen from him since he's been at SMU on Thursday. He made two incredible grabs in one-on-one coverage as well. And so I think he's maybe ticking up a little bit there when it comes to what he could bring to the table in that in that offense as well. And of course, again, lights aren't on, pads aren't on, but you're making competitive plays. That's what you want to see. Roger Daniels, Jake Bailey, really nice, smooth guys out of the slot. Ashton Cozart, the Oregon transfer, has that size that SMU needed to add on the outside. And I've seen some tools from him that make you feel like, okay, he might not have to be the guy this year or a guy, but if he is, great. 
he's still learning this offense. He's he's still having to think his way through things. You'll see flashes, especially like in a one-on-one setting where you see what Rob Likens liked about him. And then there's also times where it's still coming along for him and he's developing chemistry with quarterbacks and things like that. But overall, he is at least showed me he's got the tools to make this happen for himself. I've got to also shout out Jackson Lavender and Jamari and Carroll both spent a lot of time in the weight room over the last year or so. You can tell they're both bigger physically. They might be poised to make some contributions here because of that. Of course, all this to say we're far, far you know, time away from the 2024 season. And this is still a veteran wide receiver group. So you have to take all that with a grain of salt. Randy Reese, the former sock standout, is now with the team as well. So he's getting his feet wet in practice too. When you move to the tight end spot, I like what Tripp Reardon has done physically with his body. He's gotten bigger. So is Lonnie Johnson. But Tripp is really somebody that, look, SMU wants to go out and address the tight end position with a bigger body. But also, Tripp has gotten bigger over the last year, and he could be somebody that could be physical enough to be counted on in the run blocking scheme. We're going to have to see how it goes, of course, when the pads come on. And then he does have the full offseason to get bigger, faster, stronger, all those things. But he has some tools. What I love to see is RJ Maryland just looking so confident, very, very big, fast, tight end that can be a matchup problem. And in the ACC, you need guys like that. And I think back to why SMU went and got a Brashard Smith. Well, he was the best available. Look what he solves in the return game in terms of problems being fixed, but also Rhett Lashley and his staff, I think, recognized, hey, we need guys that can be true matchup issues. And when they are matchup issues, we need them to produce. And at times we saw various wide receivers do that for SMU. We'd see Keyshawn Smith have a big game or we'd see Jordan Hudson make a great touchdown grab. Jake Bailey against OU kind of comes to mind. Roger Daniels making plays. They need somebody to step up from a consistency perspective. But what this offense has in RJ Maryland is a matchup problem. And he's shown that in spring so far. When it comes to the offensive line, this is a group that you could see they're a little bit more athletic maybe. And I know that when Rhett Lashley said that on Tuesday, it probably caught a, a few people by surprise in a way. But when you see Savion Bird out there, when you see – P.J. Williams out there, those are two athletic tackles that have a little bit of size, of course, as well, that can move. It is still a work in progress. Justin Osborne is at center. He is very much working through that adjustment, but he moves quick off the ball. He knows where the calls need to be made and how to make them, and he's a very steady pro, uh, uh, He's a very steady uh, presence in, in the middle of that SMU offensive line. So, Garen Justice told me at the signing day event he was going to tinker, and tinkering he is with that offensive line. Ja'Kai Clark, a lot of people, including myself, pegged as certainly somebody to watch at center, and he could still be that as well, is playing mostly right guard. Nate Anderson, the Oklahoma transfer, has been at left guard. They've also seen Sean Scott pretty much be the left tackle backing up P.J. Williams. He looks a little bigger. He got a little nicked up as a true freshman. He needed to spend time in the weight room. He's still getting there. In that respect, Alex Woods, the second year player who was in the uh, 2023 class from the Sunshine State, is taking reps at center as well. So they have a lot of pieces that are 
in play in the spring, and they do have enough depth to get through the spring. Don't get me wrong, but we're going to see that unit be addressed in the transfer portal without a doubt as they get ready uh, to you know, withstand this schedule that SMU has. You know, once they get past Nevada and Houston Christian, it turns into a little bit of a meat grinder. Physical BYU team who's just shy of a bowl game, TCU, Florida State, Louisville, they are going to need depth. And so that's something we know they're going to look at in the spring portal window and something that even Rhett Lashley alluded to in his Tuesday press conference. So quick reminder, guys, before we go any further, chat with our friend Status at, at Status Jet. David Henry and his team, they're proud supporters of SMU Athletics. They've got all sorts of different aircraft to get you from point A to point B and do it in a safe, luxurious way that you would expect. I mentioned earlier this month that we are working with them, or I guess I should say last month now as it's March, we're working with them on some experiences for the 2024 football season. So stay tuned for more information on that. We trust them to to do whatever we need them to do as far as getting us from point A to point B safely and with an attention to detail that SMU fans and, and fans of any program would expect when you sign up for something like this, uh, whether it be a big charter jet with 180 seats that is just rented out like a commercial airliner, or whether you're looking to take a small group of friends and family somewhere like the Masters, like Spring Break, they can hook it up. So go to statusjet.com, mention us on the Pony Express for more information there. Defensively, this is a team that has a, a lot of familiar faces back, but I got to be honest with you guys, the defensive line is so fun to watch in practice. You've got Elijah Roberts, who's leading the way, and, and you'll see here if you're watching on YouTube, he is just so athletic. He is so strong. They really don't draw him up much prettier than what Elijah Roberts is drawn up as, and I think he's poised to be an all ACC type performer for the Mustangs and they need him to be, they need him to be, to be a star because yes, SMU does have more depth, more talent, more 300, 300 pounders than they had in the 2023 season along the interior. But Elijah Roberts is that star who can wreck an offense's game plan. They've added Omari Abor from Ohio state who you see here, if you're watching, he is, Somebody that is still learning how to practice under Calvin Thibodeau. We saw a lot of these players that came in last year learn during the spring how to practice, how to compete, how to prepare the way Calvin Thibodeau wants. As you see, sometimes he gets a little demonstrative there. And he is still getting that out of certain players. But you do have a team that has Corey Roberson back. I thought Mike Johan Sanjo and Jiki has looked the part in practice. I saw some video of him in the weight room before spring practice, really putting up some impressive numbers. So he's in the mix, but all the buzz is going to be around Tank Booker, the Arkansas transfer, Mike Lockhart, the West Virginia transfer, Jonathan Jefferson, the Georgia transfer. All three of those guys are big human beings that can eat up blocks. They're hard to move. And yes, they're doing pass rushing drills in some of this tape, but they're also able to hold the point of attack, which in Scott Simon's defense is going to allow these linebackers to flow like we saw in the 2023 season. And I'll also note the bandit spot, which is headlined now by Jafari, uh, Jafari Harvey, the Miami transfer. He's got more size than I even thought. Just watching him on tape, they've kind of bulked him up. So 
when you pair him with an Isaiah Smith, a Cam Robertson, a Jalen Samuels, these are all players that really stand out physically and have the athleticism to get after the quarterback. They have length. The defensive line is is in great shape for this defense in 2024. Again, we're going to have to see them put it all together on the field with all these new faces like they did last year. But when you talk about the size that they have added, that I think is the most important piece because the ACC is a league that they'll see big offensive linemen from Florida State, Louisville, some of these other programs that SMU will play in 2024. And when you have multiple 300-pounders that can hold the point of attack, that can fend off pressures, or excuse me, uh, fend off uh, multiple blocks and 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 just hold that point of attack, it'll help this defense in a big way. So again, only shorts and jerseys, but physically, you know, you go out to practice and a lot of people went last spring and looked at this transfer hall that SMU got and they said, wow, I've never seen an SMU team, especially on defense that looks this big up front in the trenches. Well, go out there now and you'll say the same thing. Because remember, last year in spring, Elijah Roberts was kind of a tweener. Would he play bandit? Would he play strong side defensive end? Now you watch this video of him and he is just a monster that can play strong side defensive end, can move inside as an interior pass rusher. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him in his final season for SMU. When I look at the linebackers, they added Justin Medlock. They added Zach Smith, who is an early enrollee from Red Oak. And, and they brought in speed with those two players. And then you have an Alex Kilgore. You have a Ahmad Walker, Kobe Wilson, Brandon Maizano coming back, Jaquandis Burns as well. It's a linebacker group that knows what's being asked of them. And they're starting to reset their own standard as well. Because last year, they were coming into spring as this position group that, all right, Jaquandis Burns was the only returning player with any experience for SMU. They had Ahmad Walker. They didn't even have Kobe Wilson then. They had Alex Kilgore, who was just starting practices. They didn't have Brandon Maizona then. They had Chris Adamora, who was a converted safety. They had all sorts of different faces. And boy, did they outperform what questions we had about them going into the season. And now they're on the radar of being a group that is expected to take another step up because you're rising to the occasion with the ACC here and SMU does have a lot of experience back in that linebacker group. So who emerges, who can take the next step step in this program is going to be critical. Again, they have that experience that you want and they have the production that we saw last year and even a Kobe Wilson coming on and being a reliable starter for SMU. All those things happened. They now have to happen in the ACC. It's kind of a, the the bar needs to be raised by these guys, but they're not new faces anymore. They know Maurice Crumb. They know his expectations. And it's all about bringing along a Justin Medlock, bringing along a Zach Smith and a Brandon Booker this summer when he gets here. They are a group that I think, once again, if they outperform maybe the expectations for them, we could be looking at another strong defense. Because as it stands with that group, they're not going to add another player in the transfer portal unless somebody falls into their lap that's a really strong best available type. They're rolling with the group that they have going into the 2024 season. So 
they've got a chance to be good again. They're just going to have to rise to the occasion. And again, tough to tell how they're flying to the football, how they're filling holes, playing responsibly, all those things when they're in shorts and jerseys. But athletically, this group is is still just right where it is and, and was expected to be heading into spring ball. The safety spot is another fun group because you do have so much talent, but I've got to single out somebody that has a lot of people talking about him in spring ball, and that is Ahmad Moses. This is a defense that has Jonathan McGill, who is so good, Isaiah Wachobia, who is so good, Brandon Crosley back, C.J. Sanders back. I'll mention C.J. Sanders is look like he he's bulked up. All those guys are going into their final year of college football. Ahmad Moses still has another one after this, but he is clearly taken to the weight room this offseason and gotten bigger, gotten faster, gotten stronger. So I love what he's done. He really flies around out there. He was running step for step with, with a couple wide receivers, which you want to see. He's physical. There are a lot of people that are excited about what he's going to bring to the table in 2024. And SMU is riding with the safety group that was really good in 2023. Saw some guys outperform, maybe the expectations for themselves. Going into the season, obviously expectations were high for a Jonathan McGill, but to have Ahmad Moses look like he's taking an early step forward to go with Isaiah Wachobia and Jonathan McGill is just really impressive to me. So safety group looks the part. Now, we get to corner, and if there's a question on this defense, I would say the cornerback spot is that they brought in Deuce Harmon from Texas A&M to be this steady, good SEC starter off of a good defense last year. And he's got the physicality. He's, you know, maybe a little undersized, about 5'11", compared to a Chris Meganson or Charles Wood, Woods, who had all that length. But uh, I'll mention, Mod Moses switched to number three. And Charles Woods was as good as advertised for SMU last year. and. I wonder if that number change is a reflection of how not only he's feeling, but maybe how they feel about him as well, which I know they're excited about him, but you never know with some of these number changes. But the cornerback spot is one that, one, I think has to stay healthy. You have Jalen Davis Robinson, who got a little nicked up in practice on on Thursday, kind of tweaked his hamstring. So we'll monitor that. Maybe he shut down through spring break or what have you, but I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see on Saturday if he's out there. Then you have Deuce Harmon, who looks the part, makes competitive plays on the ball, is confident and physical, and I think that'll help. He'll be steady. He'll be a, he'll be a solid starter for SMU. You have Jahari Rogers, who's a guy who's been around the block a while. He's entering his last year of college football. He's been good for SMU. At times, he needs to be more consistent. He's had his moments where it's not been good. Don't get me wrong. But he is the veteran of that group. They need him to be a decent contributor in whatever role he ends up having. You need A.J. Davis, who's now in his third year, believe it or not, to step up and take a step forward. You have Keyshawn Mills, who's still out there. You need him to step up and take a step forward. When you look at the cornerback spot, and you also have uh, Alex Rogers and Speedy Nettles coming in this offseason, and you just moved Teddy Knox over from wide receiver, they need guys to, to step up. With Teddy Knox, I'll I'll note this. He is still learning the position. He did a little bit in bowl practice. He's been a terrific gunner on special teams. He's been one of SMU's special, best special teams players, if not the best. 
And he's got that swagger and he has elite speed. If he figures it out from this spring to this fall, maybe he's your dark horse who surprises and turns in a good season. But they will need to go out and address it in the transfer portal. I think the thing that I've you've got to take a little solace, I guess, in when looking at the cornerback spot is they do have players that can run step for step with wide receivers. This is not as much a time where you're seeing guys get burned, you know, repeatedly and and certain guys struggling athletically. You're seeing a group that has it athletically enough to run with just about anyone. And so that is something that is is worth noting. What they need is is playmakers. And they need somebody to step up in that regard and be that alpha. And it's two days in. And I I would expect Deuce Harmon to be one of those players that steps up, but they're gonna need they're gonna need help. This is a a position that they have to go out and address in the transfer portal because it is so thin. And you lost two key starters off that group. And Deuce Harmon can be relied upon, but what made SMU pretty good at corner last year is you had Charles Woods and Chris Meganson, but then you could rotate in a Jalen Davis Robinson, a Jahari Rogers, a, a, an AJ Davis at times. They've got to find that, and they've got to find four to five guys that can do that. And that's what spring is about. If there's a position group that needs the most development this spring, it might very well be the cornerback spot because there's a lot of pressure on that group. And Scott Simons can dial things up and 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 the defensive line can help the cornerback room look a little bit better and all of those things. That's for in-season kind of discussion. But in terms of playmaking, I'd like to see a little bit more from this group. And that's just the early take two days in to SMU spring ball on them. We haven't seen much of special teams um, so far. The specialists are working out, you know, on their own, but we'll see if they transition to that a little bit more as spring goes on. But yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's certainly a cornerback spot that is not everything is, is, is hanging in the balance when it comes to how this defense plays, but they need corners to step up and be dudes for them when it comes to this 2024 season. And, to put that group in position, they're going to need to add in the transfer portal in the spring window, but they also need at least one of these players to really step up in their development and be what this coaching staff needs them to be. So we'll be watching that group closely as, as spring goes on. Now we know who to watch, what we're looking for uh, when it comes to this group in the spring. And, and that's always, you know, quite frankly, fun to fun to figure out and know quickly and it also helps that there are so many familiar faces that we know kind of what SMU is going to get as a whole out of them. But when you look at the cornerback spot, the pressure's on. And so Ricky Hunley's done a really nice job with that group over his couple of seasons now at SMU. But this might be this might be his biggest challenge in a relative sense because the first year they came in and and they you know, Scott Simons will tell you they should have worked on tackling all spring instead of installing the defense. They didn't necessarily have the talent level that they needed to in that 2022 season without a doubt. And, and I mean, it showed at times. But now you have pressure on you. You're stepping up into a new league and you have guys who have shown flashes like a Jalen Davis Robinson and A.J. Davis kind of. Jahari Rogers is a veteran that's been around. 
Deuce Harmon's played in the SEC. You've got to find guys that can be those dudes for you. And so I'm intrigued to see how SMU does in that respect as spring unfolds and, and how much growth we see out of that group as spring goes on. SMU spring game will be April 5th at Highland Park High School fr that Friday night. So we'll have, of course, coverage of that. We'll have coverage of all SMU spring practices for you guys and media availabilities. We've got a lot coming to OnThePonyExpress.com. And so, again, subscribe, guys. Tell your friends. Uh, people always ask me, how can I help grow the site? Tell your friends, hey, go check out what Billy, Jordan, Kevin, what they've got going on. The whole On3 team has going on at OnThePonyExpress.com. We've grown, grown a ton. We've got a lot of exciting things going on. But we need more subscribers on the site. And, and that's kind of the name of the game these days in media. So please spread the word. Appreciate all you guys who advocate for us. But before we wrap up this podcast, we're going to spend a few minutes just kind of loosely reacting to what is just an exciting time for SMU fans. And that is, guys, take it in. SMU basketball is going to welcome some of the most exciting teams uh, and name brands in college basketball. SMU is going into its first season of ACC play in 2024-25. And on Thursday, they released the opponents for SMU. Home and away, just home, just away. The ACC came out with that group, and SMU will face a trio of teams for home and away matchups. They'll face Cal, they'll face Stanford. Those are the teams that you expected with you know, SMU being in the middle of the country. And then SMU will face Virginia on the road and also welcome the Cavs to Moody Coliseum. So a national championship winning team and Tony Bennett will be in Moody Coliseum next year. But oh wait, the Mustangs will also face Pitt, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and then Duke, Louisville, and Syracuse. I mean, what an incredible just opportunity for SMU basketball. And we know they have to get a lot better between now and then, and and being a top-four team in the AAC isn't going to cut it at all when it comes to moving up into the next chapter of SMU athletics in terms of basketball. But they're also going to go on the road to Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and Boston College. So we know the ACC is one of the best basketball conferences out there, if not the best at times. This 18-team ACC slate, or 18-team ACC league that SMU is going into is going to bring excitement to Moody Coliseum. It's also going to bring more pressure to this program. And we've known about it now since September 1st when this all came together. Don't get me wrong. But it now becomes so much more real when you talk about Duke, Louisville, Syracuse, Virginia, and others coming to Moody Coliseum. And I encourage you guys over the next couple of weeks, I think we've got two more weekends of regular season college basketball to go, go watch the ACC this weekend and go watch where they're at as a league. And SMU has some work to do. There's no doubt about it. But in the long history of Moody Coliseum, and especially the new Moody, we've seen some great moments. And we've seen the UConn game. We've seen even when Louisville came with college game day and, and we've seen the, the buzzer beater against Cal to send SMU to, to New York. I, and, and you kind of get goosebumps as it, uh, you know, just an alum, but also as somebody who gets to cover this, this just became so much more real. And if you haven't grabbed your season tickets, I would encourage you to do that because tickets are going to be hard to get in particular for certain games. 
But this is this is one of the key pieces, without a doubt, for the ACC when it came to why SMU is going to be a great fit. You have a program that there is a blueprint to being successful at SMU. There is a fan base that is hungry for great college basketball. And it goes for men's and women's as well. But when you talk about the group that is going to come to Moody, I encourage everybody to just enjoy it. And SMU's, in all likelihood, going to take their lumps next year. I mean, we've seen what this team that was put together for the AAC has, has done, beaten teams they should, not been up to snuff by any means against teams that are of a tougher caliber, maybe outside of Memphis. But enjoy this first season for what it is, which is this culmination and football season will be, you know, will have come and gone for the most part when SMU opens up ACC play. I think they might do a little early season games while, uh, you know, the bowl season's going on. But it's a it's an incredible time for SMU to have these teams coming to Dallas and be able to bring these programs to Moody Coliseum. SMU has to step up and go out and address this roster. They have to make changes still. They are building a culture that plays really hard that I think can build off of some of those cornerstones. But Sam Williamson departs. They'll have other guys that move on. They absolutely need to go out and get more talent and more guys that look like they should be playing ACC basketball. And what I mean by that is I like Chuck Harris. I like Zurich Phelps. I like some of the guys they brought in who have also played at a high level. But when you look at some of the depth from these ACC teams, Denver Anglin's redshirting, Mo and Jai isn't playing much, Xavier Foster hasn't panned out, you know, Emery, Emery Lanier gives it a go. And we've seen this team develop, but there has to be a lot of changes. And so the work is going to begin as soon as SMU season ends, ends, however that ends, whether it be going on a run and winning the AAC tournament, whether it is going on a run in the NIT and winning it all, they have to find a way to get excitement about the future of their team to couple it with the excitement around the schedule. And so the pressure is certainly on Rob Lanier and his staff. And I like what they have turned this program into when it comes to playing hard rebounding. We've seen them improve their defense. There are a lot of pieces to this puzzle that need to be improved when it comes to getting ready for ACC play. But the cornerstones of the culture are at least there where they can say, okay, if we add in the right pieces, maybe they can be middle of the pack. But as it stands right now, SMU has a lot of work to do to get there. And they know that. And this isn't me attacking this program and where it's at right now. It's just a reality. When you go look at this list that is coming to Moody Coliseum and where they've got to go play, it's a different level. And you can't just get by some nights on hustle and you know playing good defense. You have to have the talent that gets that done night in, night out in a meat grinder of a schedule. So it is incredibly exciting to see who SMU now has on, on its schedule, home and away. For the, for the first season of ACC play. It's also a stark reminder that SMU has to go out and address needs and address this roster, and they're going to have to do it with the transfer portal, and they're going to have to go after it hard because that's the name of the game. And David Miller and 
all the boosters and supporters that have gone out and and gotten SMU into the ACC and gotten them in position to be in this premier college basketball conference and a top three conference overall nationally, there's work to be done. And they know that, and the staff knows that. And so there's a lot of pressure this offseason, and we'll be tracking it at OnThePonyExpress.com when that time comes. But what a cool moment to finally see the schedule, or at least opponents, revealed for SMU in his first season of ACC basketball. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully it gets you through the weekend. We've got SMU UTSA on Saturday. We've got SMU Spring Football on Saturday as well. So be locked in with us at OnThePonyExpress.com. Again, subscribe for just a dollar for your first month. Hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel. Spread the word, guys. I appreciate all you guys who do that already. But please uh, jump on board with us and see what it's all about. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. We will catch you guys next week as spring football rolls on. And there will be a lot to talk about. So catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend. And thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on three and on Instagram at on three SMU. And keep it locked to on the for more coverage.